this. Dirt, 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 dirt. I'm all about that. Dirt, 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 dirt. I'm throwing. Dirt, 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 dirt. I missed that. Dirt, dirt, dirt. Gotta get back to I'm it. I'm a dirt trackaholic. Call it what you call it. Saturday night. And welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast. Uh, no Matt Staples tonight. He's over uh, announcing a little girls basketball action, uh, so couldn't make it here in studio tonight. But I do have uh, three of my favorite guests to have on. Um, I've got with me tonight Skylar Lewis, Britton Gotzi, and Tyler Schmedium Collins. Uh, all here joining us. Uh, but uh, before, guys, we jump into kind of talking about this season and breaking it down, there was another that was supposed to be here with us tonight, and that's oh boy, Zach Burton. And he had some, some things come up, you know, Rip. fatherly duties and some things, but he sent a special picture in. And he wanted me to share it. So I'll, I'll pull it up here for you all to see. But um, for those that can't read that, that says to Tyler Smallins from Cade Burton, you are uh, small, bro. Give me my shirt back. So this was not planned, and I kind of forgot. But I was going to bring one of Oakland shirts because she wanted me to give it to Tyler. But we got one of Skylar Smalls. And it may be too big for you, but if you'd like to keep that. Well, there's no doubt that's too big. You'll have to. How long are those sleeves going to last? Oh, not, yeah. No, they're not going to last at all. Those, those are getting cut off before I ever put it on. <laughs> so, this so, is an extra large, by the way. So's mine, and you're twice my size. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment. Yes. But I, but I had to share that there with the uh, 3ZO boy sitting in, Cade Burton there. Uh, uh, hanging out on the 3Z. and I, I just want to say this. If if Zach is still racing when Cade is old enough to get in the car, God help the uke tires. Yeah. I don't know if he can afford enough front bumpers. <laughs> oh. If, yeah, if he's still racing, then Cade's not going to have any uh, any college tuition saved up. <laughs> bumper fund. Yeah, bumpers. So, guys, let's jump in here. 2020 has obviously been... A a pretty wild year, obviously, from where we started and everything that's gone on. But looking back on you guys' racing year, what would you say? How's it gone? How you feel about it? Go ahead. It, it was my best year I've ever had. I mean, I still did, I think, 22 races. It was kind of a, like a normal length year. But stuff down south didn't really close down. But, I, you know, I got... Uh, two wins this year i think and you know finally at win at brownstown so it was my best year i'm overall happy with everything um it was all right new car first time in a super so um started off had to learn a lot and then we got that other motor and for the first month i had it when i thought i was wide open i wasn't um uh, my foot's not long enough, I guess. So we had to change some stuff right before Fun Fest. We could have called that if you'd have just yeah, asked. Yeah, so 
Travis. <laughs> That's what he told somebody one night. They're like, what's, what's wrong? He's like, well, my guy needs a longer leg. Booster so, seat. You, you were supposed to have one in that car. Pretty much. And, uh, so that's why I was getting all those messages. Hey, can I see the B-Main yeah, to see what my car looks like? Because I was griping. I was like, because we started off with one motor, and we got another one that was supposed to be a lot better. And I was like, dude, this thing's no different. So we just kept, I just kept complaining enough to one night he took the hood off. He's like, push, push the throttle down. So I did. He's like, I was like, that's it. He's like, that's wide open. It's like, yeah. He's like, you're maybe three quarter throttle. He's like, oh. So we got it fixed and lots of throttle control. Yeah, there. Like, I can't spin tires if I want to. <laughs> that's never a good look so, if you're asking the camera guys yeah. for B main footage. Yeah, you can walk. no, I would all the time. I was like, dude, this car's terrible. No, that like, wasn't even a, that wasn't even a knock at him at all. That was just no, I admit, like he I was, was at the beginning of the year, he would get so frustrated, and on Sunday afternoon, I'd get a message. You got that B main that I yeah. can see. And I'm like, Before this year, I can count on like one hand how many B mains I was ever in, and it felt like every weekend this year. Oh, so. same, yeah. And uh, so, and then before Fun Fest, we changed some stuff and got some help from some people, and had a had a pretty good car there. Just went with the wrong tire, but I think I was fifth in points. So it, uh, I don't know. We'll be back next year, a lot better. So, and full throttle. That'll be <laughs> nice. Skyler, yeah. Uh, it's okay, I guess you'd say. Uh, we got better there at the end of the year, for sure. Uh, definitely better than I was last season in the open car. So, uh, I we just got to keep working at it. These last mile, four or five races here at the end of the year, ever since they had Jackson, we got a lot better. We picked off two heat races there, and uh, we led some of that open race at Brownstown until I hit a uke tire, of course, and that kind of ruined my chances of that. But, no, we're getting better. Uh, just keep working on it, keep digging at it. I can't complain too much. I'm looking forward to next year, though. Uh, we finally got a race car back to where I like it, and got a new motor coming next year. So I'm hoping next year's our year to maybe make something happen or make one of these big races. You know, and you guys all kind of had unique challenges because obviously, Skyler, you second year in that open car, and um, still trying to learn it. Britton, you talked about you know your challenges there with jumping in the super and. And Tyler, going down south, I mean, and we were talking a little bit before these guys even got here, um, you know, I, especially at the beginning of the year, I got to go down to quite a few of those with you uh, to film and produce, and that's a whole different deal down south, man. What they do with crate cars is a whole different situation. Yeah, I had uh, anybody who talked to me about them wanting to go down there, I'd, I'd tell them all the same thing, like, with, in the nicest way I possibly could, don't go down there with an ego, because it's, those guys are just on a a way another level it's it's kind of insane like i remember thinking that last year when we went down just to try it out and that's kind of what got my foot in the door and i was like and i i, I told dad over the winter i was like i want to go down there more so we can you know figure out why they're so fast because you know i starting out you're like man marty's fast and man shelby's fast and, you know the last three years racing that's how i was because you know i never could win i'd be getting good finishes but you just have those guys that are just you know so much faster and then going down there it's like all of a sudden the guys the fast guys around here aren't so fast like when you know like he said like i i don't think i ran a b main at all the last two years before this year other than down south and this year i was in every time i was down there it felt like i was in a b main because there was always 40 cars and there was always 35 of them that could win a feature at any of their home tracks and it's just the competition is just crazy but i feel like that's really what helped me get to push to that next level to where i could win up here 
um, what you know really changed how I drive and everything else and and uh, advanced us a lot quicker to where we could be a lot more competitive when we came back home. When when you went down last year, what track did you run at with the ACAS? We did um, Smoky Mountain and then crap. What was the second one? I don't even remember what this. Oh, it was uh, it was the asphalt track um, that transferred to dirt for one year. Now it's back to asphalt again this year. Oh, it was, uh, Lonesome Pine. It is. It was called Clay Valley. And then the third night was supposed to be Withville, and then it got rained out because it was the same thing as last year. It was supposed to be the 10,000 event, and it got rained out. So I only got, I think, hot laps there. So that was your first time at Bulls Gap was Mayhem in the Mountains this year. Yeah, and then I think 49 cars showed up. Yeah, my first time there, our first race of the year, 49 cars roll in. and Qualifying at 2 a.m. Yeah, and I mean, even then, like with 49 (laughs) cars, I think, you know, 46 of us were within – uh, half a second i think and, i called tyler that night about one o'clock yeah i remember talking to written my phone went dead on yeah it was like <laughs> he's like i can't get a turn so we just started going over things he's like done it done it <laughs> Derek, i Derek bottoms messaged me when we were down there and it was like 1 a.m and he's like hey i don't care to buy this thing but like how much is how much racing is left and i go Derek, we're still qualified and he's like <laughs> no way i'm like yeah, dude, we've been on a rain break here for like four hours. So, like, you've got heat races, you've got qualified and finish, you got features left. And I shut the camera off at 5.45 that morning and didn't didn't shoot the rest of the, the local show. We still had two more nights of racing. That's yes. what got me. It was like we were, you know, we're supposed to drive two and a half hours or whatever it was to the next track and then, you know, compete again and then do it all again another four hours or whatever it was back to Withful the next day. And I was like, this is not a good way to start off a three-day weekend. Yeah. I had I had a hotel room and everything planned. And 5.45, I packed everything up. It was about 6.30. And I'm like, I just pulled out to the parking lot right there and laid the seat back and <laughs> went to sleep in the car and <laughs> woke up about two hours later and moved on down the road. If Derek would put his son in the car, I'd say he'd win a little more money and wouldn't have to worry about how much a $10 pay-per-view is. <laughs> Sounds like he's winning every go-kart race in the nation. <laughs> so, but Derek did say he bought. He did buy buy the uh, uh, pay-per-view that night. But but yeah, that was that was a heck of a start to the year down there. Bulls Gap's just amazing anyway, just the, the track and the size. and the yeah, if, yeah, if anybody gets a chance to go there and, and drive, I definitely recommend it because i mean it's not anything like anything i remember rolling in there and uh, had my buddy in the truck with me and you roll in along the back stretch and when you're looking down the back stretch and you're above the infield and that's how much banking's on the straightaway and then you look into the corner and it's like a wall and you're like uh that's not familiar at all it's like you it doesn't there's no track anywhere even close to here that i can say even comes close to a equating to what that place is how banked it is how fast it is it's just and the way it sits up in the mountainside and you overlook bulls gap just makes it even more intimidating i think because you feel like you're hanging off the side of a mountain anyway up there i mean it's just wild so as as you guys went through the year obviously ups and downs and struggles when you get to the end of the season here what what's the focus you know obviously you're tearing down cars you know you're getting motors refreshed how do you set your off-season schedule? Do you step away from it totally? What's the plan to, to get ready? I don't think it ever stops. Yeah, no. you know, at least it don't stop for me. Already planning on the body and what spare parts you need. And, I mean, you never stop spending money. That's the problem. <laughs> it's never ending. Only it ever will end. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. 
It's yeah, and especially because there's so many places that race starting so early now and going in so late that there's really no off season if you don't want one. So it's like you can put a new body on and everything and do that in a month, and you're like, oh, I guess we're going racing this weekend if one pops up. You know, I think 411 races, um, you know, twice a month all, almost all year. Yeah, yep. they've got the what the Thanksgiving, there's and then they have a New Year's race. They have a New Year's race, they they? New yep. year's race yeah. Well, yeah, we've talked about that too before with you know some of these supers. You know that if you go to the dome in December, even then you turn around in January, you got East Bay, then they got Arizona. Yep. I mean. You can truly race year round and never have a break, and and that, I know people say, "Oh, that, that's good," you, but the money input to do it is insane. Yeah, to try and keep up with it. Yeah, it takes a lot of money to get up and down the road like that. Yes. Was it ten, eleven dollars a gallon? About ten. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous what it takes to even if you try to take a trip to East Bay, just the money you'd spend in diesel fuel to get there and back is outrageous. Well, and. and a lot of fans I don't think have any clue and and just what you guys spend in tires. I mean, everybody wants to talk about, like when we talk about a, a crate car or a supercar, everybody looks at the engine, which don't get me wrong, it's a huge investment, and the shocks. But tire the tires, the tire fuel, the, yeah, I mean, that's the that's thing I don't think some fans understand. Like, yeah, the, the motor is a big expense, but you're hoping it makes it more than... A couple races, yeah. you hope. I know. Yeah. I know that that's yeah. always not the case. But we were just talking at we were eating and uh, qualifying one night with that new aluminum motor. I got the oil pressure dropped to zero, and I have never felt sicker, faster <laughs> in my life. So I let you know, get ready, shut it off, and it came right back, and it never did it again. So then I'm like, do I keep going or do I stop? <laughs> it never did it, so I just kept going. Turns out the gauge, the sending unit was bad, but yeah, I was ready to cry. Hey, Tater always tells me you'll know when something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, you'll yeah. know. When something's wrong. You just keep going until you the, know something's wrong. The problem is, <laughs> it may not be when the gauge tells you. It may be when your wallet's emptied yeah, out. Right. But but you'll know when something's wrong, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how like how you guys feel. I guess with super stuff, it's a, like especially those engines being such a big part. But in in racing, the biggest expense is not buying stuff outright. I mean, a person if they had a, a car given to them and had everything ready and it was the best of the best stuff, they they'll go still broken again. You're, yeah. you're you're still going to spend more money than you'd ever dream just trying to keep that thing yep. going. Especially like got lucky this year. I'm dreading next year to an extent because I didn't replace nothing don't say yeah, it. i know say don't that. Say oh. i know not a, i didn't hit a uke tire for the first time in yeah, my definitely life definitely don't say that so you know i'm gonna get a couple bumpers next year because it'll happen next year's icebreaker there will be a uke tire that someone will hit that'll jump up the track and hit gotsy right there yep. yep if yep if it can happen he just sealed the deal it will yes it will <laughs> and it came close but no cigars thankfully I do want to say Keith Sparkman just commented here and said Tyler raced at his home track growing up, Mountain Motorsports Park. Um, Raymond Nichols, track champion, and Sparky went to uh, graduate high school with him. But Mountain Motorsports Park's a pretty cool little place down there too. Yeah, it got like it got a bad rap at the beginning, like when people 
yeah, I said, oh, we're going down here. And they're like, I wouldn't. And the first race we went to, it was it it was it was racy, but it was a, a bit rough, especially there towards the end. It's just a weird dirt that no matter what, it just breaks away and just ruts out. And uh, but we went back there a few weeks ago, and I had some bad luck from just the competition, but had nothing to do with the track. And the people who have that place right now, they're doing they're putting money they're into put, it. They're, but they're doing big things with that place, and they're in in a hurry. And it was. I mean, it has the potential to be a really good racetrack for the drivers. It needs a lot, a lot for like the fan. I mean, there's everything's on a hill and and everything's just kind of, it's not really set up to where it could like host like a really big race. Cause I mean, we with the ACAS said, like they said, that was their biggest crowd and the place was packed, but you know, it's not ever going to, I don't think be like a $10,000, you know, Southern all-stars kind of, you know, or some crown jewel kind of place without because the pit area we overfilled uh, we got stuck and i couldn't get out of that place and like you know it just has those little quirks of being like a hole in the wall track but it was a, a real racy and cool place and that uh that raymond nichols he was a real nice guy he helped me out when i got down i told him i knew he called him beef i guess that's what they called sparkman in high school so he's like oh you know beef and, and uh, so he gave me some some help on how to drive the track and you know what gear and stuff that, that that nickname doesn't seem to fit Sparky. No, no, every time you say it, I think Mark Barber. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, Josh Harris said that uh, he didn't know anything was wrong with his car until he let you look at it, Britton. Yeah, so he bought a couple shocks off of me and springs and stuff, and he was asking some questions. So I just went over there one day and looked at it, and uh, we got it better <laughs> a little bit. So I had to call um, Rusty Schlank because I hadn't seen one of them swing arm cars in a long time and rusty went through some stuff and we got a little better he just then he got more shocks at the end of the year and helped him some but man it just it's anymore like both of them to know like literally five ten pounds in your right rear load is it it can make a huge difference so it's just they're so technical anymore and if you mess up, everyone else is so stuck to the racetrack, you're done. So talking about, you know, if, if money was not a problem, if that wasn't the worry, it, but you only had enough to really focus on one area, where where would you go? Is it the shocks? I mean, motor's huge, I know, but is the shocks the number one place? I'm gonna go chassis. It's everything. I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to say. It's everything. They all work together. Everything has to work together as one. It's all got to be right. Because if you miss a little bit, somebody else is not gonna miss, and they're gonna beat you by straightaway. It's weird with the shocks. I mean, I'd say they make a huge difference, but you could take Olin's or anything else and put on a car that's not current, and it's not gonna make a huge difference. But if you, in the opposite effect, right. if you go get a, a like some old uh, Coney's or something from Rayburn Shop and you try and throw them on a Capital or an XR1, that thing is not going to work at all like they would on a, you know, a swing arm Rayburn or something. It's, it, yeah, everything is geared to work exactly how, I mean, all these places have tons of engineers on their payroll. They're, I mean, they're full on, you know, big business places now and they all everything is doing exactly what it's supposed to be do exactly what those engineers designed to do and if you take one aspect out of it 
it's not going to like you can take these everybody thinks oh you can just take you know a supercar and you can pull the engine and put a crate motor in it it's like you're not going to do good as a crate because that car no longer is meant to work with the horsepower that it has or you could even do the same thing you can take a like a, a engine that has you know 700 horsepower and then bump up and get you one of the big new spread boards that has 900 and your car is going to handle totally different even though it's still super it's just everything is meant to do exactly what it wants to do and you have to find these cars are all about fine tuning they're not really about big changes like they used to be if you you're never going to see the guy who wins the race changing a bunch of bars and and doing a bunch of stuff in the pit area right before he rolls out for the feature if he was good when he rolled out he's going to do a turn here or there and a few clicks here or there and and that's about it and don't you think and i know we've talked to each one of you on here before but don't you think that's where that notebook comes back to being i know that everybody talks back in the day the notebook the notebook the notebook but you could take a lot bigger gambles back in some of those old school cars and either hit or drive it drive out of your mistake a lot better like what you just said skylar if you're off just a little bit yeah you're straight away right you can't really drive through a setup mistake anymore i mean you can but it's just not gonna be fast enough so yeah you might be able to take it from 10th to 7th but you're not gonna go from 10th to winning the race absolutely i mean that's it just it can't happen anymore right which is wild because it wasn't that way even 10 years ago Mm -mm. even when we first started it wasn't that way so it's just crazy how much it's changed the past five years where do you guys see it going it's just gonna keep getting worse when does it stop i don't think it ever Uh, does stop at a local level i'd say i think it stops when the super class dies around here and it just goes all crate racing it's never racers aren't gonna ever want to slow down so it's just gonna keep getting worse and you can just spend like no one's gonna like you're always gonna have those one or two people that it doesn't matter like they're gonna buy whatever the new piece comes out whatever this that like they're just always gonna have that and you know it's they'll always be that much more stuck to the racetrack and it takes like back then like pap on those guys like they just had everyone had kind of equal stuff and and if they if they had an advantage not to interrupt you but if they had an advantage usually they built it in their own shop they yeah. machined something yeah. they came up with a trick it wasn't something that was sitting on the shelf oh, that you just go. had to go had the money they were their own for lack of a better term dirt track engineers saying hey let's let's tweak this this way and machine this out and see what we could do with it yep and then now it's you know, one phone call to the right person, yep. and then you're two tenths faster. So, which don't get me wrong, looking at your stuff and working on your own race car and knowing everything still is a big advantage. I mean, but if you just don't have the right equipment, it don't matter. The guy that does have the right equipment that also is working on his own stuff all the time, I mean, there's going to be better. So, you just got to make what you got work and make it fit you. Let me ask you this: How frustrating it is that for you guys? When, because I know all three of you put your own time, your own money into your cars. It, it, I mean, I, I hate to break it to all our viewers right now, but none of you have big trust funds that are support. Unless, unless if I'm unaware of that, <laughs> we need to talk after the show about a sponsorship for Throttled Up because I don't have a trust fund. How how frustrating is it though when you see that guy that has every bolt-on piece they could have? They've got all the money in the world. But either A, don't take the time and effort to actually put the 
the work in to do it or just can't drive a lick, but they've got everything they need. Very. I'll be the first to say. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. And it, it it gets worse when, like, when you see those guys that have the really high dollar car, like, you're just like, and, and especially when you know that you can outdrive them, the driver part, when you know that you're a better driver and you just can't, you know, get to them. And most of these new chassis companies will not let you go and buy a car from them like you could like a frame or anything you have to go buy a roller because they do not want you to mess it up because mm-hmm. they and so that's and that's all it takes to be fast anymore is a blank check it really is you just go write a, a chassis company a blank check and you go over there and they put your seed in it and they scale it and everything and they say do not touch this thing and they send you home and as long as you don't touch it you're gonna be fast but on the other end i don't like I know when I beat those guys, it makes it that much better. When I know that yeah. the amount of work that I just put into the garage the week before and, and everything that I did and, and, you know, the phone calls back and forth with Justin and, you know, scratching my head in front of the spring smasher for a few hours. And, and then we go to the racetrack on Saturday and it all worked and I'm beating the guys who just paid for stuff like that really, you know, it, it makes it kind of more worth it. Let me ask you, this, this is one of the comments we got here. And I know this is a hot button issue, but talking about the crate class, how would you feel if the crate class put in a you know spec non adjustable shock rule? Ten years ago, it would have been a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> too I late. Think it's just too late too for late. it now. Because Every, everybody that we like, I mean, me and Skyler, you know, take two years ago or last year, like we all had the set of thirty five hundred and five thousand dollars shocks. Like, you're not gonna be able to implement that rule and then. All these people have all these shocks. Right. If you, if they, the, the only thing that, that ever comes down to is actual tech. It's like you can put all the rules in that big rule book you want. And everybody's like, oh, but if you're not going to check but it, it doesn't matter. And the right. only way to check those is to have a shock dyno at the track. And the winner takes all of his shocks off and puts them on a dyno and they get checked right then and there. And if they do that, that's great. But if they're not going to do that, you can't do a rule like that because it, it actually, it ends up hurting the people who have less money because you're like, oh, everybody has to be on a non-canister, non-adjustable shock, and it has to be a spec body. Well, all you have to do is take that spec shock to a shock guy, and he does whatever he wants to it, and then you have a whole wall of different shocks with different valvings that end up costing more than an adjustable shock would. But the guy with money gets to do that, whereas I don't have enough money to buy a whole shock or a whole wall full of shocks. Well, and you know, and that's something, even on the sprint car side, talking to Joss Moffat that, that Joss has talked to me about a lot. He's like, everybody talks about how ridiculous it is that we have these adjustable shocks and these sprint cars and how expensive they are. But he goes, 20 years ago, it cost just as much money because we had a wall of shocks Mm -hmm. that we were pulling a certain shock out and putting it on the car. He goes, all we've done is instead of having the wall of shocks, now we've got one set that we adjust to where we want it to be. And it. But I agree with you. It's funny. Ryan Bowling was over last night and we were having this discussion and it was the same thing. If you implement it before it gets to the point it is now, you you can do something, but everybody's doing it now. You can't pull it back. It was talked about back in like 2013 or 14, and they had a meeting, and they basically voted out that, and like the next week I spent (laughs) four grand on Owens. Like, yep. You know, I mean, we had the same talk. What was it? Two years ago with the new Willie's carburetor when it came out yep. and my thing, and I was arguing against it and everybody's like, well, well, what a lot of people who voted against it weren't 
taking into consideration was that Willie's was actually, they weren't behind. I mean, their technology was a little different than other people, but billet center sections for carbs for specific crate applications had already been out for years, and a lot of guys already had them. They just weren't at Willie's. So it's like, oh, this new equalizer thing, you know, we can't make that legal. It's just going to cost everybody money. It's like, Willie's was cheaper than Stealth's. They both did the same thing. Stealth and Willie's had the exact, like, Stealth just had it. It came from BLP, and I have one now. And it was, but it cost, uh, I think, $500, and, or it was $600 or something like that then, and it was 400 for the Willie's. But the Willie's got outlawed. It's like, well, that was a $200 cheaper option that we just, to save price. It's like, unless you're going to get ahead of something, it's always going to cost the racers more money to make rules that come after the fact. And I go back to this to to talk about tech a little bit because that's obviously what a, is that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I I don't. Yeah, I I'm understand you. where you're coming from there, but but to talk about tech because I'll be honest to go back to the ACAS that you ran down south. The ACAS has an extreme, in my opinion, extremely impressive tech tech yeah. group. Um, not only race day tech, but tire samples. Fuel Tearing samples, down your motors, yeah. fuel samples. Um, but your experience from up here and racing down there and, and you guys as well, do you want that every race tech? Yep. Yep. 100% all the time. So answer me this. Why do why do promoters feel like... Because the argument promoters always give, well, if I start teching everybody, they won't come. No. But every driver I talk to says, put tech in. So the I think the promoters do that because one they don't want to pay the money for a real tech guy there you go you got to pay to have somebody who really knows and and they're not cheap because they can be doing something else with their time that they're good at which is working on engines they can be building engines instead of nobody yeah nobody who can really do that stuff on a car like what really needs to be done in a timely fashion wants to go to a racetrack and help out for 75 or 100 bucks which nothing wrong with anybody who wants to do that because i've been there and i've done that and i had a lot of fun but the amount of stress that comes with being a good tech guy is not worth it and that's why they don't do it and i don't think i mean unless the driver's cheating there's not one that's gonna say oh no we don't need that tech we don't need like a hundred percent i would love for like them to check everything when i roll into brownstown and, and i believe that i'm not saying you guys are lying in any way shape or form but it is funny to me because it's this constant battle of promoters being like, I'm telling you, if we hammer down on tech, the drivers won't show up. And I'm like, I talk to every driver and every driver's like, tech me. I, I want to yeah. be teched. I want to make sure we're all on an even playing field. Here's the thing. We saw just this week something for sale that immediately you could see something was not legal on it. I mean, yeah. In the per, gonna, per rule book, yep. illegal. <clears throat> if they're not going to tech, I mean, racers are racers. Right, absolutely. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, oh, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, I forget who it even was on here that said it. It may have been Jamie Wilson, but said, uh, you know, if you have us race wheelbarrows the first week, we'll all have the same wheelbarrow. The second week, we'll oh, all be modified. Yeah. And he yeah, said, yeah, like, it, it doesn't matter what you and, – and that's racing. I mean, that, yeah. that is. But I agree with you. You have to have someone there – to catch that or it gets so far out of control you can't pull it back in yep yeah absolutely and it, it's and it, it, it britain has got something he really <laughs> wants do, to say i just don't know how to he's, say it he's trying to he's trying to figure out how to word it correctly yeah so i'll just say it uh i think it was two years ago there was tech up until about two years ago yep and the guy did it real cheap 
and he was fair, and there was an good incident. Guy. He's a good guy. And no one had his back, and uh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, that, then that's the thing. If the if the track doesn't have the tech guy's back, the tech guy ain't going to come yeah, back. Yeah, like, what's he? He just. Uh, you're he, illegal. Well, get the. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then you get, you know, there's a little bit from of argument here and there. Like, well, how illegal were they? And, well, you know, they're they're leading our points. We, you know, probably really shouldn't DQ them. That looks, no, that looks great. That 100% looks great yeah, on the Because everyone's going to come in and go, man, they, if they're going to do this to this guy, they're going to treat me fair. You know, but and I like no argument. Like I don't like tires. The, yeah, anything. Like uh, no argument to that incident or like yeah, whether he was or whether he wasn't. Like it just it, you know when you get the the drama and of it pulled in, it's just all you have to do is just make everything black and white, cut and dried, and take the drama out of it. You're illegal or you're not. Get a good tech guy that's going to be honest about it, and everybody will. Not everybody's going to go home happy. But absolutely, the next week the they'll come back legal and yeah. not worry about it. This is yeah. part because of why I like running them Lucas races. Yes, I mean, yeah, I may not be as good as I them had guys, to change some but stuff. When I show up, I know they're going to take my car the way they take everybody else's car. Yeah. Right, agreed. And and, and and I will say this about I, Lucas, and I we've like seen it. Races, Lucas doesn't mind running out their best. I mean, if they no. if if you're if you're illegal, they're going to uh, yeah. put you out. It's like when when I, I was, yeah. they were going to put fifty extra pounds on my car at the Jackson because. Yeah, the quarter panel was a little too long, which they didn't let it. Go. They let it go at Florence, but then at Brownstown they weren't gonna let it go. But they didn't care. He said either you're gonna fix it or I'm gonna meet you at the scale house and we're gonna put 50 pounds on it where I want to put it too. They don't give you the option of where you want to put it. It's where Francis wants to put it. <laughs> My right yeah. front fender, so, I had to raise it a half inch because when they run that string. Yep. Yeah, we had to do the same thing. So I just think that if you make, if you're gonna do it, just do it every week the same way and just be fair. Mm-hmm. But I also agree with what what you just said, Britton, and the fa- the fact that they'll come back the next week legal. I think we yeah. have to get away from worrying, and I get what social media has become, and and I get the people and say I'm part of the problem is I'm part of the media and out there, but but you got to quit worrying about the guy that's going to gr- jump on Facebook Live as he's pulling out of the track, ticked off, and run your name down, because again, to to the. 50 fans that are going to comment and say that's BS, They're they all they screwed fans. you. Yeah. There's 50 drivers that are applauding saying thank yep. you yep. because I came legal tonight. Yep. And, and and again, most drivers, and I get there's some incidents that will happen, whatever, but most drivers, new coming in, I'm going to try and push this through. I hope it gets through. I hope I don't get caught. And when they do, even though they may put on a show on social media, when they get home, they know. Yep. I tried to, I tried it. Yep. I got caught. So I'm yep. going to fix it and come back. Right. And even if they don't, if, if, if for whatever reason, they just, they can't take their, I got caught and they, even if you lose a guy over it, you gained at least two, you know, if you actually prove that you tech and you sent a guy home and that shows other drivers like, Hey, I can show up there. I'm legal. And, and, you know, that makes more likely that they're going to, there are places that I did not go this year, specifically down in Kentucky, because there is a few drivers at one in particular that is so illegal on an engine, it's not even funny. He got hey, kicked out hey, of one of the ACS races. Derek Bottoms is listening. Be yeah, careful. yeah. Sorry. just it's, be careful. Sorry, but Derek. It's like he, you know, when when you get kicked out for rules in a series race, but you're allowed to go back home to your home tracks, and they just don't care. I'm not going to go race there. I'm not going to go race for second place money with that. I, I almost because I'm racing against a super. If I know that like there was nothing I could, do. I mean, it'd be cool to beat him when he was cheating, but it's just not, it's not worth it. You when you know, and they're not going to do anything about it. 
And, and I'm going to throw this out to you guys too, because this and this is a total personal opinion. But I also think it, when you're not teching and, and that also creates the drama of it makes the speculation. Everyone just who's immediately cheating? starts assuming everyone else is cheating. Well, and Skyler I think, got faster towards the end of the year. I think he was cheating. <laughs> well, yeah, he Maybe just fi- he figured out how to. Probably. It was probably that quarter panel. <laughs> That's right. I bent that quarter That's panel back out. That's what it was. Uh-huh. Francis <laughs> took that fifty pounds somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. And Skyler yeah. said, "Uh huh." That's, That's right. It. Time to go. But I also think that promotes that rough driving, taking somebody out kind of mentality of you know if i think you're cheating and i don't think i can run you fair and just beat you i've got to go and and run over you to yeah. try and do it and part of this whole conversation we're having right now is kind of why i quit crate racing really we got tired of just everyone assuming that everyone else was cheating so we just went to a class where you didn't really have to worry about somebody cheating there's open rules that's part of the reason why i, I got out of crate racing i would <laughs> love to be called a cheater when i like when i came back up here and i was running really good I was cheating. It's like I, I run every week in a series that texts. I can, I can show you verified little papers on my car from every week that I'm not cheating. But, you know, it's always the cheaters that call the other people the cheaters. And it's like, eh, well, you know. I'm well, I've, cool. I've said this on here before, too, and, and I understand some people may not like this, but if you're running 7th to 10th, don't talk about the first place guy's cheating. Could you not talk to me? I'm talking directly about me right now. <laughs> You didn't say 7th to 10th in a B-Main. You said 7th to 10th. I won like four of those and just felt like an absolute badass. B-Main, man. Yeah, dude. I was like, come on. Get in my wheelhouse. But (laughs) This is my house now. After the heat races, it's my time. Even though that, that, that worked out better than I thought it would, but that wasn't actually where I was going with it. But that idea of, like, get better with who you're running with like before you're worried about what the front guy's doing get better but i also agree when there's nothing there the speculation and rumor is going to run wild yep all right before we go on i do want to bring up something here real quick and it's uh it's a cool announcement for us here at thirsty goat entertainment and we are currently uh, a sponsor for the iRacing League, uh, Highline Racing League. Uh, the number 19, Jackson Hartman out of California, uh, will be running our car. Uh, so we just got the, the pictures of it uh, this week, so we wanted to throw it up and uh, wish Jackson luck. Their first race is coming up here. They're going to run the Xfinity Series, but they are going to run uh, at Eldora. Uh, so we will get to see him on the dirt a little bit, but uh, excited to see what Jackson can do, and again, excited to be on on the car and sponsoring him um unlike the last car that we put the goat head on the front of we're hoping to get this one in victory lane um and away <laughs> from the uke tires uh oh, so Zach, oh zach's elbow deep in, in poopy right now he ain't listening he, he's already said cheater so uh <laughs> zach my logo's on the front of your car if we can figure out how to cheat let's work on it because <laughs> i'm in uh but <laughs> But no, so looking ahead to, to 21, you know, what what are the goals? How do you guys set goals for next year? What are you wanting to look of? Um, you know, what what do you want to look ahead to? What's your goals to go go accomplish? I just want to go race. <laughs> I don't care what I do, to be honest. I mean, yeah, everybody wants to go win races and everybody wants to do all that. But I think for me and my dad, we just want to go race. I don't really care. Just racing as much as we can and. Yeah, I mean, we want to finish as good as we can, and I want to hit all the Lucas races we can go to, which we know we ain't probably going to win one of those, but if we did, that sure would be wild. But you got to be there to 
have a chance. So for me, it's just go race as much as we can and maybe hit some more of these bigger races around. Uh, speaking of that notebook, I literally, before Fun Fest, went back to stuff I was doing about four years ago, and car was night and day better. So ended on a pretty good note, and there may be some more help on board for next year. So um, I don't know. There's talks of going and running, like, portions of the Summer National stuff and, you know, here and there. But, you know, if I start the year off, looking like i did about halfway through this year i'm not gonna go waste my time but well if you're full throttle i think you're gonna be a lot better help. off <laughs> it's gonna help a lot so uh yeah we'll uh, just go race hopefully there's no uh restrictions next year on some stuff yeah I'm, everybody can go race when they want to i'm yeah. nervous though i am yeah. i I don't really know what I mean. It, it kind of de- going to depend how this winter goes for us. If I love traveling, but it just it takes a heavy toll on the pocketbook trying to do that. Where especially when we showed how good we can be when we come race around home. So um, I know next year definitely no points of any kind. I'm just going to go wherever I feel like going. Probably just chase a bunch of money wherever I feel like I can do good and and I'm. Chase some wins, cherry pick if if that's what you want to call it. If if that's still a thing. Speaking of the restrictions, though, real quick, I've never seen Brownstown as packed on a oh local show week in and week out as it was this year. This year was, I mean, and the track was Vernon mean, being good. closed. I think helped out the, a lot. Yeah, the Jackson 100 was awesome. Yeah, yes. I, I wish mean, I'd have made that. I've never, I've been to the Jackson for as long as I can remember, and I have never seen that place like that. I'm just glad the first year I get a super, there's 64 cars. Yeah. There. yeah. Huh? Aren't you glad that James Essex is up there? We're going to break the record, yeah. boys. Yeah. Like, shut up. <laughs> what happened to the years when there was 30? Yeah. And I'll be honest, and we talked about it on here, too, because everybody said, well, the world was canceled. That's why the Jackson was big. And, and that played a part. Don't get helped. me wrong. But it's, having the Friday night yeah, full show difference. is big. In my opinion, that's the biggest factor of what happened. You can run for $25,000 and not have to drive anywhere. And, and same thing for the 15. fans. Instead of me having to go to Kokomo on Friday to watch Lucas and then yep. come to Brownstown, I showed up at Brownstown on Thursday night and left Sunday afternoon. That's yep. what race fans want to go do. Yes. Mm-hmm. So seeing the, the Lucas schedule already and them coming back yep. for Friday yep. the night before the Jackson, I expect that race to even be bigger you know, as it grows. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's a huge deal. And, and I'll also say this, and, and I know that some people may disagree, but when Rigsby and Dirt on Dirt first put the Jackson on live, the year that Bobby Pierce, you know, ended up picking up the win on that Sunday afternoon, that changed that whole deal too because that put eyes on that place that hadn't been on that place in a long, long time. Yep, I agree with that. But, no, that was the uh, – that's one of the wildest weekends I've ever been around. How much of it do you remember? Uh, after Thursday night, most. <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I was pretty good. I wish I could forget that weekend. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Thursday night. And it happens. Yeah, I had, had a struggle. Struggle bus. But, <laughs> um, so let me ask you this. You know, not points racing, wanting to jump around, you know, what what draws you to that? Obviously, money. What else draws you to, to when you want to go pick where you're going to go race for a weekend? Fun. Yeah. Like, if you enjoy a certain racetrack, go to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, who cares? Yeah. I would rather go somewhere that's a few hours away and look forward to it 
then mm-hmm. go somewhere an hour, you know, so away, and like you just don't like it. Like I'll go on record. Every time we went to Bloomington and those crate cars, <laughs> yeah. dreaded it. It was twenty five minutes from the house. I wish it'd rain every weekend. But I like Bloomington. I, love I hated Bloomington. it. Yeah, I hated it. <laughs> Couldn't stand you it. like Richmond. What'd you I say, Skyler? I, I love going to Bloomington. Okay. I wish we hadn't super race. I love I, I the I last love the super race they had there was awesome. See I <laughs> it is too small. I see I've never I've never obviously driven anything. Salem. Salem was the races. Best. Salem was the I, most fun I had in a car this year. That's another racetrack. Yeah. I loved Little Salem. Yeah, yeah. That Mars race was fun, yeah. and it went great. Well, so did your yeah, guys. So did green ours. to checkered. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we were la- like, we were lapping cars in three laps, but that kind of is what made it fun. It just like I think honestly, you're going well, you so it. slow, you can't ever make like a, a nobody can make a big enough mistake to where they can't recover and to where you get like you know a big old pileup because you're only ever going forty mile an hour. But it's the most fun forty mile an hour you're probably going to have. Well, and I will say this. I don't know if I, I'm even allowed to say this, but I will because well, it'll be out there. But there will be another dirt track in Salem next year because they are gonna they are gonna put dirt mm-hmm. on the inside track at the Salem Speedway. Crap, so there yeah. will be a dirt track on the inside. Not racing every weekend, but some select shows. But hopefully, we can and get there's a track going in at Indy. Yes, yes, south of Indy. I heard that yeah, the other day yeah. too. Peden was talking about. Right, mm-hmm. right at the fairgrounds. Is it right at the fairgrounds? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's the in fairgrounds. the fairgrounds. Uh, Dane Laster was telling me about it. Um, it's one of his buddies that's that's doing. It's it. the Tunnies, isn't it? The the figure eight guys. The yeah, the, is it? I think is so. it the sports drum in Indy or what? Yeah, the sports. Yeah, or the it's, speed drum. Whatever. I don't know. I don't get one's in Clarksville. One's in. Yeah, I can't remember. But it's what it's the same one that runs the the asphalt track up there in Indy is putting in a dirt track. Yes. So. So I mean that I mean picking up a couple more tracks obviously can't hurt anything but but I, I will say this going back to Bloomington because I find it interesting you two love it that that's what I always joke with Matt about like growing up I always went to Bloomington Speedway and to me late models were boring at Bloomington <laughs> because when you watch it, it's not knocking late models I love watching late models it's a now sprint car track but but when you watch sprint cars go around Bloomington and then the late models come out it's like really they look slow like, yeah. this is awful. But then you go to to Brownstown and some of these others and see a late model race. It's like, oh, okay, this is a lot of fun to watch. So, I just I've always found it interesting because there are some late model guys that love Bloomington, but to me, it just doesn't fit. Kent loves it. Yeah, K Rob absolutely loves that place. But I mean, he grew up he, running mods and stuff there. I think he won the last Super. He race, did. Right? It's yep. weird how certain tracks do that, where you like you they put on better racing and for certain classes and you never like mm-hmm. like Salem being a good late model track you'd never show up there you know with those little modified things that run around there they're those like mini mods mod lights those, those haul. yeah they haul the, like but that's like a you know like oh that's a great mini mod track yep. and then oh let's put or full blown track. yeah put full blown late models out there and it's like they're not going to put on a good oh crap they mm-hmm. put on a good show 750 gear and go but you know what? I'll say the same thing about Brownstown because Brownstown gets a reputation that they're not a sprint car track. But I've seen some great sprint car race there. Now, sprint car drivers hate Brownstown. Brady Short. <laughs> they can't. They don't have a wall. Yeah, they don't have a wall to lean on. But but I love. I, I mean, I've seen some tremendous sprint car races at Brownstown and love watching them there. Even though I know some people don't. And the sprint cars at Brownstown back like two thousand. 11, 12, before they added that lip on the back mm-hmm. stretch where they could run off the back the and bank. ramp back on into three. <laughs> I, used to, I miss the old Brownstown that was so due. Do I. I remember going there and watching John Gill, and he went around there, and he got all the way off the track Almost and then came back on and ramped on 
but his left front still never hit the ground because he was, it was when they were doing that hike to the moon thing. It's like, how can you ramp and land like all four wheels off the ground? But left still front has... still doesn't hit. The left front still stays hiked in the air because he never lifted. Yep. That was some. Yeah, I missed that. I wish they they kind of go back to where we could do that again. Yep. <laughs> I'll ask you guys this because I ask uh, some others after the Jackson. Uh, Bobby Pierce came out and put out his post that he wants to see a wall around Brownstown before he dies. Oh, I didn't no. even see that. He would ruin it. No. That, okay. I mean, it's just not Brownstown. That's what makes speedway. it fun. Yeah, that's, that's what makes Brownstown Brownstown. See, because that, and I, I agree a million percent. That's why you have Fairbury. It's like it'd be another Fairbury. That's what makes Fairbury kind of yeah. unique. It's like, a, it's like a small little bull ring that gets real racy and it has that cushion you can lean on and slide jobs. Brownstown's unique because it doesn't. Well, and that's what I said even down with the ACAS with some of those guys when we were down there. I said, I would love to see some of you have to come up to Indiana and race because some of these tracks, you guys use the walls you're saving grace. You'll be you'll beat a spoiler off by leaning on the wall. At Brownstown, if you miss running the high line, you're, going run to the the top, you're done. Yeah. yeah, you're done. Yep. So I, when Bobby brought that out, and it, it kind of – it's funny to me too because – the year Bobby won, he won it at the, the bottom. bottom with the U tires. Yeah. But, but when he said that, I'm like, that would that that would destroy Brownstown to me. Like, I, I have zero interest in seeing a wall around that place. You can you can already feel like when you guys are going down the front stretch, if you get that right rear just a little mm-hmm. bit, you feel it like want to. Oh yeah, yeah. It wants to pull you all the way off. Yes, it yeah, does. It's learning how to ride that fine line where, like you said, there's not a wall to catch you where you actually have to just be careful right off onto the half yeah. mile yep how do you find that uh lots and lots of laps going over mm-hmm. got to cross the line before you realize where the line is <laughs> where, can, what it feels like before you go i remember uh my dad saying that he's like i wish he'd quit going to the top he always runs off the track it was like my first year racing it's like and i was like duh I'm going off the track. I'm trying to figure out where the top is. I don't know where what, what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know where the, I'm never. I don't know where the top it. is until I'm over <laughs> yeah, the top. I'm like, but I gotta, you know, you gotta do it to know. It's one of those things. It's like you you can't tell anybody, you know, what you're gonna feel or anything. It's like you just go do it. You're gonna have to go do it, and you're gonna have to do it right a few times and do it wrong a few times, and then you'll figure it out. And and I always told him it's way cheaper for me to go off the track than it is to smoke a tire. <laughs> Zach, yeah. That's in that's in medical bills for broken thumbs. Yeah. That's in front bumpers. That's in Listen, you you learn real fast. I was always taught you don't put your thumbs in the steering wheel as you put it on it. Because yep. when you hit one, when it yanks, it'll rip a thumb. But. Steve watching? Yeah, see Pete? I don't know. I, that's that's impressive if he's not because he's not chimed in, so he must not be because he would usually have had a smart comment. I hated to see that happen to him at Fun Fest because I could, I was not good, and I knew he was quicker, especially because I saw his nose that one time, and then I come back around and just see his crumpled race car sitting beside the tire. I knew exactly what happened. I was like, I've oh. seen a lot of people hit the Uke tires, and I've hit the Uke tire my fair share, and that might be the worst I've yeah, ever seen. I mean, that, that was, was pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it plumb teed up on it. Yeah, when I, I mean, watched it, ripped the whole yeah. nose up, whole nose underneath it, not just one corner. He got unlucky too. When I watched the video, he got a really good first start, and then I, somebody spun out or went off the track or something. Somebody lost their wheel, I think. Yeah, wasn't that that was a uh, um, uh, Scott Young, the left rear. Yeah, and then off. and then so like they got that start taken back. Well, then Peden didn't get it. If he would have got that initial start, he wins that race, not me. A hundred, like guaranteed. Like I watched him, he was just my car wasn't 
even he close to as good. Oh yeah, and I was shoving through the middle really hard, and I think I said that. And then, and then, like I said, I just especially after watching the video, I, I felt even worse for him. I was like, man, that car was rolling. Like that car was really good, and then really crumpled. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really hard. Actually, Peden just logged in, so he's there. Uh, <laughs> as we're as we're uh, talking about the Uke tires, uh, but. I, I think it's really hard if you've never watched a race from down there in the infield to realize how tight you guys run to those U tires. Mm-hmm. Like you can sit in the stands and you're like, oh, they look close. When you sit down there by where Mark Schaefer shoots a lot of his photos, when I'm down there and I sit right there, it's inches constantly. Mm-hmm. That's the main reason I love Florence. It is a completely different race to watch from the infield because yeah. you can see the cars, how they move and everything else I, I love that. i will say that like in to the wall thing that bobby was talking about on the outside after going down south 100 percent of racetracks need walls on the inside and not tires because a wall doesn't have any edge for you to hit now I, every track that i went to that had a wall around the bottom i get close to it you can scrape a wall you can't scrape a ute tire if you <laughs> if you get close to a ute tire you're it's pulling you in. You're, you've done crumpled your nose and been a spindle. Like, so, so your argument for brown sound would be put the wall. Put on a the wall inside. on the inside. I'd be right with that. Give yeah. us a give us a solid Save thing. It doesn't move. Bills. It's always the same, and you can't. It, it's nothing. You know, you're always flinging dirt the other way. Like there was never any. You know, nothing ever hurts on. The, but like I said, there's never a blunt thing that you can run into. You can just get up next to it, and if you rub it a little bit, then you're like, oh, you know, move up a little bit. The only time down south I saw it hurt something was at. Bulls Gap when that dude in that push truck came all the way down from the top. They were trying to roll it in after the the rain came. And this old boy was in an old Dodge tow truck and you could you could watch him. He'd been out there for about thirty minutes, and he just kept getting a little more confident, a little more confident. <laughs> That's the best. And he gets up, he's running around backwards, he comes into two right at the top of Bulls Gap. And he starts sliding, and he's trying to save it. And then all of a sudden, he's just exactly perpendicular, and he comes straight down into That's the, the wall. That's the like how banked that place oh, is. Oh, and he was—he was like he had them all locked up, so like he—he he didn't carry any forward momentum down with him. Like he came to his basic like slid, a stop, and then and then he still hit the wall at probably thirty because that's how much speed you get off that bank. Is that the place I've seen videos of? It the was dude a, sliding down. Well, no, it was a like they got rained out, and they like you can see the trailers and trucks like lined up and they just get a huge run oh that's a taswell that is taswell yeah yeah you you can't well actually no people do park in the infield of yeah i'm uh, like good like you just stay all night (laughs) you're locked in (laughs) which tyler did that at north vernon (laughs) a couple years ago so i I live I, i lived you know half a minute from that place it didn't bother me to sit there in the rain i'll never forget that we get rained out at florence skyler was with me call tyler yeah they're gonna run they're gonna run so we go to north vernon before we pay to get in i park the truck me and skyler walk up to the racetrack and go no turn around turn around walk well first we got in the uh the announcers we were in the announcers we were trying to find the microphone we were gonna start (laughs) talking to him and we couldn't then we just left about three hours later they call it no he's still still here like i said i was a half a minute from home (laughs) I'm telling you, that's like that volunteer deal because they came across right away, which obviously was the first race out of COVID, and they came and said they will get this in. They don't care and when the, it starts. The, thing, the locals around there, they have a everybody down there has a different mentality than we do up here. Because I'm like, you know, it's already it's only eleven o'clock, and we, you know, it's not really. I mean, I think it was actually like ten o'clock, 
not really that late yet, but I'm like, I can call this thing. I'm ready for bed. And all the locals are like, they ain't going to call it. And all of them are just, they're just happy as can be. Smiles <laughs> on their face. They're hunkered in their trailers. They're like, we'll qualify at 3 a.m. Like, and they're no racing. one and, left the stands. No, and none the of them fans cared. were full. You talk to wow. any of the drivers, I was, I felt like I was the only one. Like, are they going to call this thing? I'm ready to go. Which I was having a bad night. There were 49 cars and I, all of them good. I wasn't going to make it. I knew I wasn't going to make it. I was <laughs> having a bad night too. This is the best. I get down there get the entire production stuff set up their announcer down there real nice guys like hey i'll go i'll go plug your your power in i'm like okay so he runs my extension cord over to the the uh, concession stand i got power we're literally getting ready to hit the live button i lose all power to the computer everything i'm tracking it back trying to figure it out i go in the concession stand i'm like what happened this old lady goes well we turn that breaker off when the chili gets too hot in the crock pot there you go he plugged me in with the crap pot. So as long as the chili wasn't, didn't get too hot, we were good. But as soon as it got too hot, I lost power. I thought maybe the Rona got it, got everything else. Yeah. But now, like that, the Saturday portion of the Supers at Brownstown is my favorite race of the year because you usually are done by like oh, eight thirty. Yeah, like you're done you go early. race and you're done, and you still have time to go do whatever you want. I think I was home by nine o'clock. That was a nice thing about Florence this past weekend, fall fifty. They started a little bit earlier. I was home. We even stuck around afterwards, and I still got home around one o'clock. I could have been home way earlier, and that's awesome. You know, and I and I and again, I'm not a promoter, so I, I don't see what the the books look like and what the money is you have to make. So I'm not knocking promoters, but that is one thing that I think we're missing. When we're running these multi multi class <laughs> shows. Is and I'm looking at this from a, a dad of a six year old who loves race cars and and being at the track. If we don't get done till midnight, I can't walk him down to the pits to walk right. through and see things. And But if we get done at 10, I can take him for a 30-minute walk through the pits, and that builds the spore because he's even more addicted to it than it is. Now, I, I'm lucky because we, we can get in a lot better than other people, but opening up the pits for free after the race at about 10 o'clock is huge for oh, the future yeah. of our yeah. sport. That's one awesome thing. Like We've went and raced Fairbury now. Uh, I think we've been there once or twice, but... At the end of the night, they open the whole pit area. And I mean, the whole grandstands goes down there. Hobson and it is that. awesome. I, and I think that's just, that's huge. Like I said, for a six-year-old kid, like, yes, he loves watching the cars go around the track. And I know all you guys grew up at the track, and it's the same thing. It's totally different when you're six years old and you're standing next to a race car or a, even a hauler or a driver. And yep. So getting those kids that connection is huge, but you can't race till midnight and do it. Right. Yeah, even the, everybody wants out of there. Some places feel like Fun Fest every like if you got six seven classes like yeah yeah like uh, four should be max on a normal night especially when there's ninety seven hornets <laughs> <laughs> bang bang come on <laughs> when we, we going to, are we going to Weaver Valley Speedway this year that's, that's what I, I've been trying to think of that name all night I'm Weaver I'm, Valley man I'm trying <laughs> whoever runs that page is a genius <laughs> oh they've funny. killed it they've that absolutely the killed it funniest thing I love I loved Kenny Wallace's thing where he like he just he came out and said what everybody was thinking it's like you know this is kind of made to be funny but a lot of you it's track true. promoters need to need to kind of pay attention to the messages that are going <laughs> yeah. on here but even then i've got to give weber valley when they responded to it and said we're really glad that rusty wallace <laughs> yeah, <I love> <laughs> uh, or no we're really glad bubba wallace is- tweeted to us and and we loved when you ran the Miller Lite number two yeah. in NASCAR. Like, I'm like, yeah, they were like three different Wallaces off. Like, yeah. That they, was perfect. They killed him still coming back. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't. I just, uh, Elliot Williams and Caleb Burgess accused me of doing it. I was like. You're not that smart. I was, first of all, I don't have that kind Yikes. of time. 
Secondly, <laughs> I could come up with some funny stuff, but but that's what amazes me because they are posting All. six, seven, eight times a day, and it's not just like I'm tweeting something. It's pictures, it's graphics, it's. <laughs> That someone is creating all oh, yeah. this content constantly. Oh, that yeah. and the infield tractor tire yeah. page on Facebook yeah. is the funniest. I mean, it's so it, like it. Sometimes it hurts how yeah. true it is. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like it's it's there. All right, guys. Well, here's the deal. We're at an hour in. Um, I do want to give you guys a chance. Thank your sponsors who helps you guys get to the track. You know, help you throughout this year uh, before we we cut off. So, who wants to go first? I got the shortest list. I guess I'll go first. I better uh, go last. <laughs> uh, Justin Shaw, Superheat Solutions. Uh, big thanks to him for everything. Uh, you know, wouldn't be where I am without his help. And uh, looking forward to a big 2021 with him again uh, next year. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, Lula Road, Debbie Collins, my mom. Um, Tail Feather Farm Market in uh, in North Vernon. Uh, S&M Precast uh, down in Henryville. Uh, Travis Kern racing engines can't Travis such a big help this year with we had a bunch of little issues that kept coming up and and you know Travis just stepped up big to help us to compete down south and uh, gosh who else am I missing uh, Ride Auto in North Vernon and uh, New Edge Auto Detailing uh, in Columbus uh, first obviously my parents my grandparents can't race without them guys uh, they've obviously bought my first race car and they keep me going every weekend uh brandon holtzclaw he went with me every weekend uh help me at the racetrack and it just makes it way easier for me when i got somebody with me to kind of help me uh here lately kyle altz been helping me quite a bit uh and he helped us pick some speed up here at the end of the year so i can't thank him enough um daniel bland land surveying been with me a long time awesome guy um jeremy and shandy morrow with snj excavation and concrete they actually fixed my driveway this year so i get my rig in and out so that was nice <laughs> Um, the struggle having yeah. a rig. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get the concrete fixed. problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Borden at NI Tech. Once again, another guy's been with me for a real long time. Uh, Marty Stuckwish at Stuckwish Appliance. Uh, Roger Wessel, uh, Berkshire Hathaway. He jumped on board with me this year. Um, Brad Arthur Heating and Cooling. He's with me a couple years now. Super good guy. Um, Blondie's Pizzeria and Pub in Brownstown. Uh, Jim Hoffman at Farm Bureau Insurance. Another guy that's helped me from the beginning. Um, Mel's Country Mart, uh, Brownstown Hardware, and then Tater and everybody down there at Masterville, they've helped me out quite a bit. I will say before we move on, uh, I got a text from Tater last night wanting to know what I was up to, and he asked who was on the show this week, and he threatened he was just going to pop in, but he, he, he must have got busy. I said, come on down. We got an open mic. Come on down, Tater. I feel like the odd man out in that bunch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first and foremost, Travis Kern. He, that guy does more for me and than I'll ever be able to pay him back. Uh, Bruce Surgeon with the Living Room Center, he came on a helped me so much this year with hauling me to Richmond or the Summer National Races and everything else. Uh, Jamie Salvage, uh, Chase Briscoe Racing. I'm so glad to see him get that 14 car. That's, that's the coolest that's, thing that's, ever. That's awesome. Uh, Indy Auto Recyclers, CS Prototyping, Rick's Automotive and Towing, Sutterth and Company Real Estate. Uh, Cox's Tree Service, Shella's Busy Bee, $5 Bling, uh, Wayne Fugate with State Farm, uh, Wild Boys Race Chasers, and uh, got to give them a shout out for all Levi does. He's uh, he's so he's so fun to have around, and he just you just got to know how to take him. He's just Levi, and 
Uh, one of the guys in that group, his name was Scooby. Uh, he passed away unexpectedly uh, midway through the year, and that was a big loss for them guys. Um, Stone Brothers Racing, uh, Kirk Lowdy with Envy Suspension, Edge Collision Center, Trent Nifflis Design, Scott's Barbershop, Hoosier Door Incorporated, Olin Shocks, JP Technology, Superheat Solution, and then, um, you know, the guys that helped me at the track, Travis Kern, uh, Frank Porter, for all he does and all he puts up with, mainly that. Um, you know, he let me keep my car there for a, a long time, and now it's at Papaw's. But Frank Frank gets to see all the not-fun Britain that some don't get to see. And There's I'm, a fun Britain? Uh, this is as fun as it gets, so you can only imagine how bad it is. Uh, Lucas Pace, Elliot Williams, Caleb Burgess, and all my family that helps make everything possible. Well, I will say this to all you guys. Um, all of you have obviously been big supporters of us, and I've told you it before, but we appreciate it. And, you know, it's it, it's been a ton of fun with what we do. This is episode 108. Um, so we have uh, we appreciate it. We love being at the track with you guys, getting to watch you race, and, and we wish you guys all the best of luck next year. And I can say that with honesty because Burton's not here. So <laughs> right. um, we truly wish you guys all the best of luck. Uh, so thanks again, guys, for coming on. We'll have you guys back again. And, uh, you know, this is, uh, we'll, uh, hopefully get a picture of Tyler when he puts on his new shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe big though. Yeah. It looks loose. Uh, so. just put it in the dryer a couple of times. <laughs> Shrink it. All right, guys. Well, thank you. We'll be back here in two weeks uh, again. Uh, now we're in the off season. We'll be every other week. So join us again here in two weeks and thanks everybody and have a great week. Thank you.